With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I'm also a mom, and I've learned many lessons from my child clients as well as my own children. This has informed my parenting as well as my parent coaching that I do as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are simple principles for parenting. I will cover more than 20 principles for blissful parenting so you too can have frequently well-behaved kids. These principles are simple and life-altering, and today is a great example of that. Um, they will change and enhance your relationships that you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children, and it also, this is great news, will improve your overall parenting esteem. Um, in this podcast, I will talk about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There will be special guests that will further our conversations about parenting and children. So I want to stay tuned for my upcoming book, Blissful Parenting, and check out my website, www.integrativecounseling.us, um, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullen. Today's guest is um, my sidekick <laughs> extraordinaire, um, my friend, <laughs> mental health counselor, also play therapist, also mom, and grandma, June Rickley, and we're going to be addressing cooking with kids today. So welcome, June. Hi, thanks. Uh, I, I wrote a little bit down about cooking that I wanted to share, um, you know, with our listeners before um, we really get to just sort of chatting about it, because um, when we were thinking as we think of ideas for these um, podcasts and what kind of things bring parents and kids together, because that really is the foundation of having, you know, good relationships with your kids and having well-behaved kids, is that cooking is just one of those extraordinary um, examples and um, that really we all have um, access to. So we're going to focus on cooking with your kids as a means of connecting with them. And that we just wanted you to remember that building a solid relationship is the key to blissful parenting. In this show, we will discuss all the amazing benefits of cooking with your kids. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to discuss them all in detail because there are that many, uh, but we'll at least name them so um, that you can start thinking about them yourself. We'll share some stories about our own experiences with our kids and grandkids and our child clients that we work with and give some, as always, simple strategies um, to give your kids an opportunity to be freakishly well-behaved. So that's our um, topic for today. And I, I think I want to start off just with saying we, we brainstormed, and, and every time we um, <laughs> we were gotten in this process of brainstorming, June and I back and forth, we thought of another thing um, that, that happens through um, cooking with your kids. So this is just a short list 
Um, and I know that we're missing something, so we might wind up adding them um, as we wind up talking through the show. Or, you know, certainly if you have things that you'd like to add to this list, please um, feel free to call in. So the list that we came up with of what kids learn or develop through cooking um, is these are all the things we came up with. They learn problem solving. They learn or develop math skills, the measurement skills, reading, chemistry, cooperation, patience, creativity, planning, nutrition, hand-eye coordination, fine motor skills, and possibly even budgeting, depending on how far you go with this. So there is a ton of things of really awesome developmental and learning opportunities that happen through cooking. The one thing that we will say is is really the key to this, though, is if you're doing this with kids, whether they're your own or um, you're doing it with, um, you know, just other children, like the kids that come over on, on the block or um, with a class, is that it's really important to remember that none of that will happen if you're not patient. So you really, as the adult in this situation, have to go into this um, recognizing that this is also going to test your ability to be to be patient, not just with the kids, but also with yourself. So that's where we'd like to start off today, mm-hmm. just talking about all the different things that kids um, learn and develop through cooking. And, um, you know, and then the other piece was um, that food is, like, universally a social connector. So food is a way um, to connect um, people, to connect them to each other, to connect them to culture, to connect them to history, um, so all of those kind of things happen, and we were, <laughs> June and I were really quickly able to think of um, many different ways that it has connected us, you know, in our in our families with our own children and even children outside of our families. So, um, June, is there like a, a memory or a tradition or a story that you'd like to start us off with sharing? Um, yeah, and, and actually I wanted to um, add to your list also that I think kids can learn a lot about safety as well, like safety in the oh, kitchen. Okay. And, you know, I think I think that's an important part of, um, you know, the whole process is is them learning, like, the, the safe ways to do things. And and to also add, like you said, that, you know, some of the things in, in you know, allowing your kids um, in the kitchen and working with them, helping letting them help you cook is is kind of to get rid of some of the like there has to be some tolerance for um for mess <laughs> because kids yeah. aren't always neat in when they're when they're learning about things and especially in the kitchen so um you know to kind of let go of of some of that um you know some of your own need to to have things a certain way um you know, but as far as, as the memory I'm sorry yeah. Well, as you're saying that, I just thought of another one to add to the list, and which so you said safety, and I think this goes hand in hand. It's also hygiene. They know that they have to uh, wash their hands. Uh, yeah. Or that, yeah. So I mean, a whole bunch of other opportunities for like traditional safety, but also like hygienic safety, also present themselves um, in you know in this in this opportunity. And and um, as you were also saying, like the setup. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just thought, oh, I have to. No, no, no. Was that, um, you know, children don't have a lot of opportunities to be, you know, to experience um, power and control and 
um, and do things in their own way. Um, and even though they're going to have some guidance from you here, this gives them a little bit of a taste of that opportunity, which is um, an amazing feeling for them. Um, so that that also um, becomes an you know, a really important um, piece here. And then the other thing that I was thinking of, even as you were um, saying that, too, about, you know, like we have to be patient and let some of those things go because they might create a mess. Is, uh, sometimes I think this is important for parents to remember is that the reason they might create a mess has nothing to do with them being messy. It does have to do with their age and their fine motor skills and their ability to, you know, sort of contain all of those things. And then one last thing, and I promise I'll let you tell your story. <laughs> um, the other thing that I thought of is that we're not just talking about little kids here. So this is this is actually wonderful because we're talking about like the full um, age span. So children as young as two could be helping in the kitchen cooking, um, but the, you know, as old as teenagers and even young adults. So it really, this is one of those strategies that goes throughout childhood. You know through adolescence mm-hmm. and into young adulthood. So, um, so it's really special in that way. Okay, June, tell your story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like, you know, um, to, to equate, like, cooking and being in the kitchen, like, there's so many memories that um, that I know in my life stem from around that. And then even just recently, my daughter, who's 25, um, she said to me, Mom, remember when I used to stand on the chair next to Grandma and help her make meatballs? Which was, you know, my my um, mother-in-law was Italian and meatballs were like her specialty. And so not only, you know, was it cool to see my daughter at the age of 25 thinking back when she was, you know, four years old or five years old or whatever um, and how much that meant to her. But at the time, my mother-in-law, like this was, um, this was such a big deal for her, especially she she um, she only had sons, so her granddaughter next to her on a chair helping her make her meatballs was like such a cool thing for her, and and so she was in her glory. And um, but and and a, another thing that you just said, like kids at the age of even at the age of two can help. And and just recently, um, I had my two little granddaughters here um, for the morning. And I was trying to think of what to do with, you know, what what special thing I could do with them. And I um, decided that I would show them how to make ice cream. And you can make ice cream in, like, Ziploc bags with um, heavy cream and and sugar and vanilla and and all of that. You kind of mix it and it all, like, comes together eventually. And they're they're two and four. And the two-year-old, like, they were both, first of all, thrilled to do this. And uh-huh. able, very able to do this, and the conversation like that—that that like um, my four-year-old granddaughter would be like, "Now, how is it going to turn? How is it going to turn to ice cream?" And and all the questions, you know, along the way, you know, the curiosity, and and it, it was just a really cool thing, and their excitement when they saw that it actually comes together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's a, so it sparks all these. Sparks the wonder, really, that uh, of childhood, you know, even um, it has that um, quality too. And then when you're like, when the whatever you decided to cook comes to, you know, comes together and comes out, there's also that amazing sense of pride and connectedness um, that children get from that as well. And I, you know, I think um, that's 
those, these are just special moments that really, um, you know, connect us in these relationships. And you were, you know, you were talking about your daughter and, um, you know, with her grandma. And I was thinking um, in, in our family, um, my, my grandma Leah um, was, you know, definitely the, um, the matriarch and, the, and she was the baker in the family. And um, so we have a bunch of her recipes and um, she, is, um, she, she died a couple of years ago. But one of the things that happens is anytime any of us makes a grand marnay cake, these were her specialties, our banana cake, mm-hmm. is that we, we always also feel a spiritual connection, you know, to her. So even though, and I think that when you were talking about cake, that made me think about that. It's like it didn't only connect me um, cooking with my grandmother. It didn't only connect me to her in, the, um, in that time because it connects me to her forever. You know, so like my yeah, sister will exactly. say, like, yeah, my sister will say my cake per- turned my banana cake turned out perfectly. I know Grandma was was in on it with me. So you know, <laughs> it's, 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 there's all these you know wonderful relational qualities about that, and you know I, I think as long as you set it up with some guidelines, that it really can be an amazing experience. Um, and and that's what happens when we use um, cooking as a as a tool with our therapy clients is that we have to really set up some guidelines and some limits. So, you know, one of the things that is important is that you that you as the adult make sure that you have what you need. So making sure that you have the ingredients and even like um, June, June and I were talking about before the call, like if you go shopping with your own kids, like um, have, have them, you know, help you pick those things out, help you budget it, you know, those kind of things just makes it an additive experience. But having the um, equipment that you need, having the ingredients that you need, there are tons of really wonderful um, cookbooks um, out there for that are for children and that have, like, you know, very simple um, recipes. And there's even um, some very good tools that are created for kids in the kitchen. So knives that don't have the quite sharp, have a little bit of a rounded edge and are kids' size, so they fit in children's hands better. So that all these things are available to us. So it's like, let's, you know, um, this is a, definitely the time to take advantage of that. I mean, we don't, you don't need any, you don't need a special cookbook for kids. You don't need special um uh, utensils or anything like that for children, but they're but they are out there, and so um, you know that there's opportunity to, to take advantage of that as well. So so some of those things you know are really part of part of making this a very positive experience and connecting experience with your kids is is setting it up. And the other thing, like we said before, is just making sure you have your your patience in check. <laughs> so um, so all those things, yeah. you know, that's that. Well, and and I think there's also I know even um, in um, you know in in my role as a um, you know as a play therapist, and that there are times where in some of my consultation with parents, well, in some of my work with the with um, the you know a child that I might see that you know I'm I'm sensing that they might need a little extra nurturance or a little extra you know one-on-one time, and um, many times in my consultation. I'll see that parents some sometimes don't um don't allow don't give activities like cooking as much like uh, they don't think they're as important as they really are and at times they think they have to do like big you know grandiose things or expensive things mm-hmm. in order to do that one on one time and 
it's actually so the opposite. You know, it's right. you know, and and oftentimes they're surprised when I say, no, just don't care. Like it, that stuff doesn't matter. It's being with you that matters. And so you don't, you know, you can take small activities that you do every day and make them special because that's what the child is looking for, not the thing. Right. Well, and, and think about, like, what happens when you are um, cooking um, with your children or, you know, and for the folks listening to the show, just, just ask this, your memory bank on this, is that you were connected in conversation, you know, with that adult. And you know, mm-hmm. the other thing that's happening and is very typical is that you're connected um, because of proximity. So when you're cooking with somebody, it's not like you're, you know, across the room. You're usually you know, right there with them. And if you're showing a child how to maybe um, use a knife or how to stir, you know, something or use a hand mixer, typically there's like some some uh, nurturing touch involved in that. So there's all these opportunities um, for it to be a very nurturing um, act as well as then, then eating what you created, you know, like <laughs> that goes hand in hand too is like, um, you know, it gives kids an opportunity to maybe try something new, but if you're making, if they're helping you make something that you've made before, it's now like you've made it together. And that, and that sort of changes um, the dynamic about, the you know, the process. And it is, a, it's a very nurturing, you know, activity. And, you know, and I think that we could all probably conjure up some memories or some experiences that we've had where, you know, um, cooking with somebody, you know, whether it's as a child or even as an adult, was, you know, like a very connecting kind of um, experience. Sure, sure. You know, and I I think also in talking about, like, there's so much that they can learn, I mean, from a nutrition standpoint, and there's also times where the nutrition stuff may have out the window for a, for a little while. I'm I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm kind of outing Andrew on this, um, Jody. Like I'm thinking of Jody's son Andrew, who one of his specialties was a macaroni and cheese sandwich. And yeah. you know, he I I remember telling me like he's so proud of this like creation that he has, and and just like the pride and kind of like, huh, look at me, I'm kind of unique. I like this this thing that I invented. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's it, too. That's the creativity part, although, um, it, you know, I'm not thrilled that my son, one of my son's favorite meals is macaroni and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's that, that he, but I can even talk to him about that. So he, like, makes the macaroni and cheese sandwich. He's so proud of himself for making the sandwich. He loves how it tastes. And But at that time, it gives me opportunity to talk to him about, like, well, you know, maybe if you put some lettuce on that macaroni and cheese sandwich or, or threw in a tomato or had, you know, carrots on the side, that would make your plate much more colorful. And, um, and I, exactly. And I that, yeah. It becomes a, it's, it's like know, in moderation. Yeah, yeah. So it gives you opportunity, um, you know, to talk about healthy eating with your kids. And, it, you know, I mean, uh, we'd have to sort of be living in a bubble right now if we didn't know that, you know, obesity um, in children and um, being overweight is now at an epidemic proportion. So it does it does give opportunity for that. And I think one of the ways to also weave, like, the nutritional part in without it, you know, being um, so difficult for kids is to talk about using um, color as part of how you create your meal or, or create what's, 
you know, your cooking creation is that, like, well, how many different colors can we get in here? Um, and not, like, food coloring by, you know, adding ingredients that make it, you know, more attractive or um, colorful. And, and, and I also think that, you know, one of the things that uh, traditionally adults have gotten very upset with is kids um, playing with their food, so to speak. But if we give them a little bit of opportunity, especially in this kind of setting, to play with their food, um, they might be more likely to, you know, try some new things. And I know a lot of um, people have picky eaters, you know, for children, but this gives them, you know, this gives them a deeper connection, too, to the food itself. And so um, they might be more likely to try something they've made than something that is just put to them, you know, put out to them on a plate. So it gives, you know, that opportunity, too, as well as um, I make um, a spaghetti sauce um, that has, um, shredded, I shred carrots into it. Um, that gives it a sweetness. And then I put it in the blender. And so you would never know that there are carrots in it because there's like no <laughs> traces of them by the time you eat the sauce. Well, my son, um, who the macaroni and cheese sandwich boy, does not really um, <laughs> like vegetables. <laughs> and so um, he helped me make the sauce one day and he was, um, you know, we got out the carrots and he was what? There are carrots in here? And um, and so then he was willing to try carrots out of the sauce because he realized that the carrots were in the sauce and he was already eating them and loving the sauce. So it gives, you know, some opportunities for things like that to happen that are, you know, kind of natural ways to get your kids to maybe eat vegetables or, you know, or try something different that they haven't tried rather than you just saying, you know, please try something new. Please eat your vegetables. You know, it, it yeah. um, puts a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exact, and even for like um like a macaroni and cheese sandwich with a with a child, you know, with to be able to say, okay, how can we make this? You know what? We can you can teach them to substitute. Okay, what's a better ingredient for this? Oh, we have some low fat milk. How about some whole wheat pasta? How about some you know, if you're going to have it on bread, let's have it on whole wheat bread. You know, so there's ways yeah. of even taking something that may not be um, considered <laughs> the healthiest of meals, but, but there's ways to make it healthier. Well, and also to be playful about it. Like um, one of the children's cookbooks that we have that I really like is by Rachel Ray from uh, Food Network. Mm-hmm. And she has um, in there like a, a recipe for, um, it's a macaroni and cheese recipe but she calls it cheese and trees or something like that. And oh, you, yeah, you, I've seen that. Yeah, so you put broccoli in it, and now you've got your trees, you know. So I think being, you know, playful about those kind of things, too, um, if you can make it a game, if you can make it playful, I think that, yeah. that you know, really lends itself. And one of the children that I see in counseling who um, she's, um, she's, I'm trying to think about, maybe fourth or fifth grader, and um, and she was doing a lot of compulsive eating, had gained a lot of weight, um, you know, also had some other things, um, more serious things going on in her life um, that were causing her anxiety and some depression. Well, um, she comes in breakfast time. So um, we were, you know, she always asks if we can have something for breakfast. And I know she's already eaten breakfast before she comes in. So we decided that we would go through the rainbow and um, each week we would bring some other color from, I, I would bring some other color from the rainbow as her breakfast snack. So we, you know, we did 
for for red, we did strawberries. For orange, we did oranges, you know. Um, and we just went through the rainbow um, all the way through, and then she wanted to go back through it again. And many of these things weren't things that she had tried before. And so the other thing that um, that I did was there was enough for her to bring home with her. And so that she could get her family to try these things, too, and maybe get them, you know, on the shopping list, you know, that kind of thing. But it was this... Um, she had a high need for nurturance um, that was coming through in her overeating. Uh, but so I figured, like, okay, how can I, um, you know, connect with her with her nurturance need, um, and yet still keep my limits as a counselor, but also introduce her to some more, you know, healthy eating at the same time, which I know will make her feel ultimately better about herself. So you know, there's just all these different ways um, to weave it in, but and part of it you know, comes um, from your end. It's just the simple act of cooking um, with kids, even if it's making, like, toast. <laughs> it's still, it's, you know, sure. it's, it's, you really you really grab their attention in the kitchen. And I think and I think part of that, uh, I'm just thinking of this right now, I'm, I'm talking about this. I think part of that is that the kitchen is typically uh, um, an adult-centric area. And so when you invite kids into the kitchen, I think that in and of itself makes it a special moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so so it really allows, you know, all of a sudden kids, you know, they feel special about that. And, you know, what you were talking about earlier, June, about like that, that feeds into um, their needs for nurturance. But I know especially as kids get older, um, we don't always um, aren't as in tune to that, or they don't um, show that they want it in the same ways that they did when they were younger. But even cooking with your teenager, you know, creating something with your teenager is, you know, that's a, a, you know another way to invite them into the kitchen. And and I think it all, I mean, in the long run too, you're you're teaching some really important independent living skills. Um, you know that like I. I remember, you know, having, uh, as a young young adult, having friends who did not, honestly did not know how to cook anything, <laughs> you know, and so um, mm-hmm. they were they were really at a loss, and I'm even thinking of a um, young adult client, or young adult clients that I've had um, that go off to college and, um, you know, really put on a great deal of weight, and, and part of that is that they... Um, it's not connected to the, you know, them eating at the dining hall or anything like that. It's connected to um, they they do have access to a kitchen in their apartments or dorm rooms or whatever, but they don't know how to cook anything, so it's just easier to order out. And so, you know, it winds up affecting ultimately, like not just your overall health, but also your mental health um, and self-esteem. Sure. You know, so, I mean, there's just like what we had said at the start of the show. There's just so many um, opportunities <laughs> that come with cooking, you know, with your kids. So, um, I, not, any other, uh, kind of, you know, things that you wanted to make sure we covered today in this conversation? I think just to remember, um, I, and I'm, I'm thinking back to when I um, used to be a mental health consultant for um, for a preschool um, program in the area, and I used to go into the different um, classrooms that included um, meal, like they would give the kids meals. 
And the mm-hmm. first time, and these were little three-year-olds, and the first time I went in and I saw these little kids, little three-year-olds who had their jobs and they had their, um, you know, one would set the table, one would fold the napkins, um, mm-hmm. one would set the silverware down, and then they would all sit down as a family and and eat these meals and pass the food around. And I thought, I, I watched each child very um like proudly do their jobs they had their specific job and was there were there times when the pitcher of milk you know would 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 drip over the side or spill yeah right. but it these kids were so proud to be um you know part of this like preparation and all getting together and and for some of these um children that that was like the only kind of family type meals they had and just seeing that, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate um, how much a three-year-old or a two-year-old is able to do. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really important, too, because, you know, around cooking, um, certainly a two-year-old can put can put cups on the table. Certainly a two-year-old could dump, if you fill up that cup with flour, they can dump it into the bowl. You know, um, they can stir mm-hmm. So there are there are really a lot of things that they can do now when they stir the batter or whatever. Is there a chance it's going to um, you know get out of the bowl? <laughs> yes, of course there is. But it but it is that that really you know that really um, happens with that. And and I think you know it's just I and mean, ultimately what we're talking about really is this is just another method of connecting with your kids. And what happens when you're connected to your kids is that they feel connected to you and they behave better for you is that you know, when you're not – I mean, it's really very simple. So this is – we are just trying to give you as many ways possible to, um, you know, connect with your kids. And, you know, here's the other thing about this, June, and I think we left this part out, is that you're probably going to have fun with this too. <laughs> so, um, you know, as the parent, as, you know, as the grandma, as the uh, uncle, whatever role you have in the child's life that you're cooking with, it's actually super rewarding on our end yeah. too. I mean, it depends. Definitely. Yeah. And so, so, so plan up, you know, a cooking time, um, you know, with a kid that you love and want to be connect, you know, want to stay connected to, and um, it, you will really, really enjoy it. So, um, we just wanted to give you some additional like ideas, and then again, the sidebar to this is all the things that kids will learn or develop from this experience. So, there's no reason not to do it. It's good on all now. Be patient, have fun with it, and um, and just recognize that this, you're doing something very, very special for a child when you cook with them. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.